0: It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.
1: You're listening to an encore presentation of Moment of Truth that I did back in 2020 with Andrew Lockheed and his petition to rename Dundas Street. Immediately following, we will have an update with Andrew Lockheed as well as Sir Jeff Palmer of the Edinburgh City Council Subcommittee. Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you here
0: with us. David, thanks so much for having me on today.
1: So I have to ask you, were you you a little surprised at how this uh, petition idea that you you started took off? Honestly, um,
0: yeah, I've been very surprised, but pleasantly so. Um, You know, I think it's really important, uh, particularly now, uh, as we uh, uh, try as a a broader uh, society to move towards uh, a reconciliation and healing process, that we continue to examine uh, the legacy of colonialism, in particular within our street names and how that relates to our present day.
1: Andrew, you sound like you're well-informed, if you don't mind me saying so, about these things. What, what, what's your association, if at all, with uh, reconciliation? Or, or just, uh, are you just a concerned Canadian citizen? What, is there a tie in there? Um, you know,
0: I've I've worked for a long time, uh, David, as a as a professional artist and uh, an arts facilitator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have had uh, some experience uh, dealing, uh, particularly, uh, with providing a, a platform uh, for uh, Indigenous artists and community groups. Um, in particular, uh, with an eye towards uh, sharing the messages of the uh, uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, but for this particular work, uh, you know, I am uh, just a concerned Torontonian and, uh, and, you know, as I like to describe it, friendly neighborhood amateur historian. Uh, so uh, so it's, it's been a learning process for me as well uh, to navigate this uh, particular issue. Um, but I think it's an important conversation that we need to be having with ourselves right
1: now. Hmm. So for those people that may not be familiar with it or listening outside of the, you know, the GTA area, um, give, can you give us the background story as to why you, you thought this was important? What triggered you to, to say, we need to get this done?
0: Sure. So, um, you know, the, Petition really grew out of a uh, a conversation I was having online with some friends uh, regarding the uh, removal of the Edward Colston statue in Bristol in the United Kingdom in uh, in England there and uh, and if for those of you who might not know the story, Edward Colston was a notorious slave trader in Bristol um, who uh, Yeah, his statue was erected in the middle of town as he had, uh, you know, um, been a kind of local philanthropist as well. There had been long calls for that statue to disappear uh, from public. And uh, eventually, during the Black Lives Matter protests in that city just over a week ago, it was pulled down by protesters and thrown in the harbor. Mm. And uh, whilst we were reading about this story, We also came across a short mention of a similar movement in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, that sought to uh, remove the Melville Monument, a 42-meter column that stands in the center of Edinburgh, uh, dedicated to Viscount Melville, Henry Dundas. Mm. I happened to recognize that that Henry Dundas, I knew was the Dundas for whom Dundas Street was named? And I thought, well, if that conversation is happening in Scotland, I think it's also important that we have it here. Mm. It's been very exciting to see how, uh, as you mentioned, how that, uh, the petition is spread, but also a broader historical awareness of Dundas's legacy. Uh, there are now similar movements uh, active in Australia, Uh, as well as other Dundas-named communities uh, here in Ontario uh, or who also have Dundas Streets. Mm. Uh, So it's been been really amazing uh, to see this kind of go on like that.
1: And, you know, Dundas Street is not a short street. It it does. uh, Highway highway 2, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, it forms the basis
0: of Highway 2, really Ontario's, very first uh, um, kind of settler built highway uh, in in the province, so it 's also an, an extremely historic road mm. um, and uh, yeah, the reason um, why we 've been looking at the legacy of Henry Dundas, uh, I should mention is uh, in particular because of his role in uh, in prolonging the slave trade in Great Britain and the British Empire. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dundas's role in this was to bring forward an amendment to abolition uh, legislation in 1796. um, And he uh, brought that motion forward, announced his support for it, but demanded that in order to pass, it must include the word gradually in the legislation. Now, of mm-hmm. course, gradually had no time frame attached to it. Mm-hmm. And so it really became whenever it was convenient for the British Empire right. and uh, and the various financial interests uh, involved in the slave trade, uh, who were among Dundas's friends and professional associates.
1: Right. Yes, uh, of course. So, you then decided to do something and you decided to start this petition. W- what steps did you take? Uh,
0: realistically, I made the petition in a few moments uh, and put it up on, uh, on my Facebook account. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, I'm certainly, you know, I didn't expect for it to take off as it has. Uh, we're at like 12,000 signatures and counting. Um, nor for it to have such a kind of immediate impact in, in terms of being addressed by, uh, by the municipal government here in Toronto. Right. Uh, within under 48 hours of the petition being launched, uh, the mayor had already commented on the petition and uh, had ordered a, the city manager to convene a working group uh, in partnership with the, uh, the City of Toronto's Confronting Anti-Black Racism Unit and the uh, City of Toronto's Indigenous Affairs Office uh, to kind of explore uh, the potential or the process around renaming, uh, I would assume, not only Dundas Street, but other uh, kind of colonial uh, uh, reminders
1: uh, here in Toronto. And that, of course, uh, is, is happening. I'm sure that, that from your, your, uh, your petition and from comments you've probably received on, online, that you're seeing that kind of a reaction that, that, uh, that other names should be changed as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, I'm also really here for that debate uh, and for that discussion. Um, you know, I think now more than ever, it's a really important time for us to be listening to uh, Black and Indigenous voices, uh, as well as the voices of other communities uh, that represent the kind of diverse character of our city uh, here in Toronto. Uh, so it's, it's really important also to me that this process to find a new name uh, for Dundas Street is,
1: is led by those particular communities. Uh, and now you, you're probably aware then that some streets in Toronto um, have already have some indigenous names attached to them. Uh, yes. Right. So uh, especially with the Mississaugas of the credit, uh, uh, so entrenched in, uh, in this being their traditional territory specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think,
0: I think it's an excellent move uh, and, and a, a welcome move for us to, be able to have the opportunity uh, to not only return to traditional names uh, for our streets, for our roadways, for our place names, but also uh, that it's important uh, that, you know, um, people be given that opportunity uh, to learn about that. I think it's a really key, to me, it seems like a very key aspect of moving any, any discussion of, uh, of reconciliation forward.
1: Now, you mentioned uh, a few months ago that uh, Toronto mayor, John Tory, uh, was on board within 24 hours responding. And, uh, how surprised were you by that?
0: Uh, yeah, again, um, really surprised, but I think, uh, I think also it speaks to, you know, um, like I say, a broader cultural moment where we're uh, having these discussions and that these uh, uh, discussions are receiving, um, you know, uh, the lion's share of attention right now. I also want to make very clear as well that I don't see um, renaming Dundas Street as like a kind of singular one-off kind of thing. Mm. Um this is part of a what I think is is kind of a, a broader um societal uh, kind of recognition that we need to reorganize our priorities uh and and how we uh, look at um our world broadly um you know renaming Dundas Street is part of a broader conversation that specifically includes other initiatives such as De, uh, you know, defunding the police, uh, dealing with the, the uh, legacy of residential schools, uh, implementing uh, the you know, Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission's call to actions. These are all part of, uh, of the same discussion that we need to be having uh, in terms of reorienting how our society is going to function in the future.
1: Andrew, I really appreciate you saying that because we wouldn't want, uh, as you just pointed out, people to get the impression that, all right, we're going to rename Dundas Street and we're going to take down the statues and we've done our part now. We've, we've ended this conversation. This is only, as you say, a part of it and it's a small part of it, but it's a good way to start and get people engaged and get people thinking and get, get change happening.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I really do feel feel that way. Um, you know, so often a lot of people have said to me, you know, I mean, certainly I've received overwhelming support for this initiative. And I think, you know, um, you know, as as the descendant of of uh settlers here in Ontario, it is my responsibility to try and do the best that I can within uh, you know. The, uh, the particular uh, skill sets and, and knowledge sets that I have to advance that uh, conversation. Um, that being said, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful um, that, you know, this is something that doesn't just get buried in a committee. I think it is the beginning of a process where we have to continue to hold our leadership accountable uh in In moving forward, not just with this but with some of the other uh initiatives
1: that that I mentioned as well i 'm glad you mentioned leadership because I certainly hope that just like you said, that this committee also doesn 't uh interpret this uh, and and hopefully the the leaders like the municipal leaders uh, john Tory uh, don't don 't think that great we 've done our part as well you know, we did this great. We can move on. Uh, you know, just as uh, I see also that you had uh, Andrew Horvath, uh comment as well on this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been great. I, I think, um, you know, the other thing it's important to mention is, you know, especially when dr- addressing kind of criticisms around, uh, you know, the symbolic nature of, of renaming, um, you know, just because there are other things that we need to do, it doesn't make this an either or proposition. Like we can do lots of things all at once together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real important thing. We, we do it all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of argument, you know, that, uh, well, we should, not do this, but we should also do this is is a bit a bit spurious to me uh, in in terms of debate. Um, certainly impressed to that the um, uh, that the petition reached the ears all the way up to the provincial government, as well as uh, that the deputy prime minister commented on it uh, a few days after launch as well. So, I mean, it's exciting that we've been able to have this conversation. I'm also really excited as as an artist who's also interested in ideas of public memorial and commemoration and identity and how we relate to those things. It's been really exciting and encouraging to be able to, over the last uh, week or so, have really nuanced conversations uh, in public uh, about the nature of public memory and commemoration and history and how we construct those particular narratives uh, culturally.
1: You're listening to an encore presentation of Moment of Truth with my guest, Andrew Lockheed, which we did back in June of 2020. Coming up after this, we have a new interview with Andrew Lockheed with some new information regarding this renaming of Dundas Street and his petition to have Dundas Street renamed. So stick around.
0: A street name is a significant honorific mm. and, uh, you know, it's a really good example of how colonial power has continued to manifest itself to us in in this day, I mean, you can see in the in these sometimes violent responses uh, to initiatives such as these how deeply entrenched mm-hmm. uh, that po- those power structures are. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that uh, you know that Dundas a man who never set foot in this country has no relationship to the history of Canada whatsoever, Mm -hmm. other than happening to be friends uh, with John Graves Simcoe, who is the British colonial administrator for Upper Canada. Other than that relationship, there is actually no reason we should have a Dundas street. Mm -hmm. And what's made worse is the fact that, uh, you know, he is a person who created uh, the conditions uh, for which over half a million people uh, remained in bondage and tens of thousands died. Um, And that he created those conditions and allowed that to continue on unchecked for over 15 years Mm -hmm. uh, is, is a significant thing. And, you know, often another argument that, that, I've been on the receiving end of like, is that, well, we no longer have a relationship to Dundas. It's just a word. It's not even a person anymore because we don't know who that is. And, and I think that's a particularly dangerous way to think about that because words, as we clearly know, have immense symbolic power. And if you, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't care about them so much, like you really wouldn't be opposed
1: to to the name change.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: when you were when you were describing that, what came to mind was uh, the Second World War and and the, the Nazis. Uh, I was just doing my job. I was just doing. What yeah. I, it's yeah. Ism of, of using that as an excuse.
0: Yeah. It, exactly. It, exactly. It's uh, you know it it's a willful denial. Mm. of how we participate in a broader uh, system of, you know, racism and a broader legacy of colonialism. Um, You know, when we talk about the power of words, I mean, Dundas's own life and his his gradual abolition are the perfect example of how powerful words are. Mm. In this case, just one word, Yes. Gradual. Gradual, yes. You know, condemned tens of thousands uh, and, and over half a million to a continu- continued life of bondage. When we consider that the average life expectancy of a slave at that time was like 22 years, mm. 15 years is incredibly
1: significant. Sure. Okay. These are all good points. Um, uh, so at at this point, what? How many are you? Are you? You have a number in mind for what you're looking for in terms of getting names on the petition? Right now, we're just
0: looking for as many names as possible. Um, the petition is going to be formally presented at uh, city council on the 29th. I've been working with a number of councilors' offices. Uh, to to make sure that uh,
1: the petition will be delivered
0: to council.
1: Do you, do you know, what are the limitations in terms of signatures? Can they be anyone from anywhere or do they have to be people from the greater Toronto area? How does that work? Do you know?
0: I mean, I think at this point, because what we're looking at, um, it, particularly within the, the renaming mm-hmm. process, um, the city already has a, a established protocol for how streets are renamed. Mm-hmm. the working group that's been been convened is operating largely outside of this process mm-hmm. so what i would say to people is that every every signature counts at this point mm-hmm. i mean we want to show uh, significant local support uh, so toronto signatures extra important to see out there but Other other support initiatives or other signatures can demonstrate a broad public support outside of the area uh, as well. And what we want to do with this petition is to demonstrate support for the process. And uh, and I think in this case,
1: every every name helps. You know, something popped into mind as you were talking about signatures. uh, And I just thought, can a group so you know assign as one signature to say we represent this uh, group or organization I was, I was specifically thinking of say um indigenous uh, communities you know or sure or like that they could say you know now maybe they have to have that uh, that okayed from their community but uh, that wouldn't hurt i guess no i don't think so
0: um you know also sharing out the, uh, link to the petition, very helpful. Uh, you know, if, uh, if people want to, or organizations, uh, you know, say, say like band councils or something like that, want to share, um, the, the petition to their, their individual members as well, would certainly welcome something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess if this is successful and it's accepted, the next step of course would be what to name the street. Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that is definitely, definitely the question. And it's been one that, uh, you know, has been pitched to me a lot in the last little while. And I'll, I'll give you the answer that I've told everyone else who has asked me, you know, well, what do you think it should be called? And I've always been, been quite firm in the assertion, it's not for me to decide. Mm -hmm. Um, This is what I'm hoping to achieve as a process. And in in that process, you know, um, again, we've got to be listening uh, to Black Canadians, uh, to our Indigenous elders, Mm -hmm. um, to uh, other communities of colour in our city here. And I think it's important that those communities are uh, at the forefront of the naming process
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and that we we can take our
1: leads by listening to them and again, I appreciate you saying that they and all those people definitely need to be involved absolutely uh, their voice is extremely important, and I guess the other thing that is coming to me from this is you know in a way, I think this is a a very kind of uniting and sort of uplifting way to uh, 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 to move into the future as a, as a as a community, as a united community, and as a way of so showing support for for all for all people, and specifically those that have been left out or marginalized in, in our community or uh, since Confederation.
0: I, I really you know it, it really makes me happy to hear you say that david and and I really really appreciate that uh, sentiment because of course that's exactly what a hope is accomplished uh, from from this process uh, you know it's a great thing to be able to move forward uh, you know whilst remembering the painful legacy of colonialism. Uh, in in our particular uh, in in our country here, um, but also being able to uh, symbolically break free of that mm-hmm. and to embrace a uh, a new reality moving forward and a reality based on mutual
1: respect, uh, reconciliation and healing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why COVID-19 popped into my mind. It seems that, uh, it, that this negative thing that has happened to us on a global scale, uh, very unfortunate and tragic for many people that have perished because of this, Uh But it seems, you know, there's always there's always some something that comes out of it in a positive way. And I don't know if this situation has allowed us to take a step and take a pause to allow us to look at things differently. I'm not sure if that plays into this at all, but perhaps.
0: I I think it really does. You know, I've had the opportunity uh, to have uh, some conversations uh, with Dr. Melanie Newton uh, from the University of Toronto. we've both been kind of doing a lot of media appearances around uh, the Dundas petition. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, she is a particularly an expert in uh, the uh, Afro-Caribbean experience um, during the uh, transatlantic slave trade. Uh, And, you know, she mentioned to me something that, that I, you know, really, really hit home for me uh, in particular is that, you know, largely uh, this particular moment, this moment has allowed, you know, um, uh, white settler populations to, for the first time, kind of really confront, uh, you know, what it means to live in kind of a Post-apocalyptic world. Mm. Um, it, to to her uh, speaking here, she's like that has been the reality of experience uh, for for Black and Indigenous persons, um, you know, for mm. generations. Mm. And so this has really been an opportunity. I think uh, the global pandemic. For people to to confront these particular legacies, because they 're now uh, particularly for for um, settler communities to confront these uh, particular legacies because now they 're faced with it themselves.
1: Mm. A good point. Uh, the word "confront." I think that that's what does need to happen uh, with with uh, with history, with uh, Canada's history, with both Black and Indigenous and people of colors, uh, and what has happened to them. That it is, uh, as you say, the uh, non-Indigenous, the white population, the settler population, uh, to confront it, to look at it, and look at it in a very realistic way, and and uh, say. Uh, we are part of this and we have to be part of the solution as well. Absolutely. I, I really believe that. Thank you. And it's been a real pleasure speaking with you about this. And uh, we thank you for getting this, uh, this, this, uh, you know, petition to rename Dundas street going. We wish you all the best of it. And, and, uh, hopefully you get as many, uh, people to sign up on this petition as possible. Once again, it's a hashtag rename Dundas street for anyone out there that is interested in going to look at this and uh, signing their name up or finding out more and getting involved with the conversation. Andrew, we're just about to wrap up any final words or comments. I know just, just that it's been an absolute
0: pleasure to be on with you today. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Our pleasure. Andrew Lockheed, and he is a person who started the Rename Dundas Street uh, petition. Hashtag Rename Dundas Street. You can find out more there. And there you have my interview that I did with Andrew Lockheed back in June of 2020. Now, stick around, because coming up right after the break, we have a new interview with Andrew Lockheed, as well as Sir Jeff Palmer of the Edinburgh City Council Subcommittee in Scotland and what they're doing to deal with Henry Dundas's legacy. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. And it is a pleasure to have you all with us here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. Now, you just heard prior to this interview that we're now going to run for you. And an interview that I did with... Andrew Lockheed. And that happened back in around uh, June of 2020. And it had to do with the fact that Andrew Lockheed started the hashtag renamed Dundas Street. And he came on the show to talk about the petition that he had going out. And it was just before Andrew was going to take that petition to city council. And they had an end date that they wanted to raise, you know, as many uh, signatures on the petition as possible. And he was just going to take it. So, we haven't spoken to each other since then, but certainly things have happened because Andrew did, in fact, go make that presentation. And uh, if you go online, you can see some of those results that have happened. And uh, I would like Andrew to uh, to now uh, sort of give us an update. But uh, before he does that, Andrew Lahid is a Toronto-based artist who created, as I say, the petition hashtag. Rename Dundas Street, but with us here today on the show also because this story has expanded to across the pond, as they say, to uh, Great Britain. And with us uh, today, we have Sir Geoffrey Palmer, who is a professor emeritus at the School of Life Sciences at Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, Scotland, and a human rights activist. And it's a pleasure to have them both on the show. And and Sir Geoffrey is here because... It's the story takes us over to Scotland and it's wonderful. In fact, uh, Andrew, I guess the story actually starts somewhat in Scotland, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely, David. I mean, it's uh, it's through um, uh, Sir Jeff's activism uh, around the Melville Monument in Edinburgh that uh, that the Dundas petition here in Toronto uh, exists at all. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to become aware of um, his work around that particular monument uh, through a BBC article. And it's what got me to thinking, since I knew that it was the same Dundas for whom Dundas Street was named in Toronto, um, that we should be having a similar discussion here in our city. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, while our Toronto process has begun, um, Edinburgh seems to have uh, come to a, a, a happy conclusion and uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll let Sir Jeff speak about that, but
1: uh, yeah, very exciting news indeed, yeah. Uh, Andrew, tell us about what happened because as I say, the last interview uh, took us right up to just before you were going to make that presentation to City Council.
0: Sure. So it's been very exciting over the last a uh, last while. Um, the petition was uh, um, moved forward uh, by city council and was taken into executive. Um, without getting too much into the less than exciting world of bureaucracy, <laughs> the city uh, the city council city staff have come up with a process by which um, we'll explore uh, renaming Dundas Street. Mm. And that process uh, was adopted by council, and we are currently in phase one of that process. Now, to just rewind a second, part of that process was coming up with four options um, for uh, how to deal with the Dundas Street name. The four options are to do nothing, Um, to change the name of some city assets but not the street Uh, to not change the street name but put up interpretive signage about it or to rename all municipal assets um, bearing the Dundas name which is of course the option that the community here in Toronto is actively pursuing Um, so We've entered phase one of the municipal um, uh, review process, and this phase one has been largely about kind of gathering and examining the historic evidence um, to to support the claims in the petition and to support what is the the um, uh, prevailing attitudes of historians uh, today on. Henry Dundas's role in delaying the abolition of slavery in the British Empire. Mm -hmm. And it's this phase that makes kind of this Edinburgh story all the more important to what's happening in Toronto, um, because, of course, we've reached those conclusions in Edinburgh and uh, so, yeah, so that's the important bit.
1: You know, uh, as I was doing a little bit of research on this, I thought it was interesting to find out that th- not only are we, we looking in and examining uh, the history of, of, of Henry Dundas, but it also seems that this is educating people to some degree, not only about what he did, but just about history in general. It, it really is interesting. I think a lot of us are, are sort of uh, getting ourselves up to speed on, on the history of uh, Dundas Street. And, and other things in the city.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually one of the most exciting things that's come out of this municipal process mm. is not only are we engaging around the legacy of Henry Dundas and the, the kind of contemporary, um, you know, um, violence and trauma that uh, that that name and, and street monument uh, Memorial carry, um, but that the petition has had the knock-on effect of um, the city of toronto developing a comprehensive review for all street names Mm. monuments and honorifics Mm. uh, put forward so not only are we going to be looking at dundas street but we'll be looking at everything in our city and this will have a major impact on how toronto remembers moving forward Mm. and i think that's one of the most exciting things to come out of that process
1: All right? great thank you for that so jeffrey uh you've been waiting patiently hey. yes welcome hey. to the show it's it's a pleasure to have you with us today
2: thank you for for asking me
1: well, you know, when when Andrew told me about this and told me about the story that you had to add to this and and how it tied in with the naming of Dundas Street in Toronto, I thought this was a wonderful uh, way for us to expand the story and, and fill out the history even more because it's directly related to this. Can you tell me uh, the backstory behind your efforts and what you were doing uh, to change the monument or get a plaque put up uh, in, in front of this? The monument for Henry uh, Dundas in Edinburgh.
2: Well, yes, um, you know I, I've been sort of reading up about Henry Dundas. Um, you know, from about 2007, mm. Mm. I, 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 the, the, he has a very large statue in the middle of Edinburgh, right? Which is 150 feet tall. Yeah, it's... and um, it's 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 enormous, mm-hmm. and you know people. I've discussed it in terms of, well, how did it get there? Nobody quite knew. Hmm. And when I looked at the plaque, the plaque, you know, although I knew he was involved in in gradually abol- abolishing the slave trade, you know, what he did, m- most people have heard of William Wilberforce. Hmm. Um, and, and, and I used to say to them, but have you heard of Henry Dundas as well? Hmm. And they say no. And my view was that how can you know about William Wilberforce and not know about Dundas? Because when Wilberforce um, put forward a bill in 1792 that the slave trade, the British slave trade, should be abolished immediately,
3: Hmm.
2: Dundas quite cunningly put forward an amendment. To say it should be abolished gradually, right? And he made an argument, you know, and the argument was, it's almost like, well, why do it now? We'll do it eventually, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that appealed to the politicians at, at the time, right? So they voted for gradual abolition in 1792, and Dundas's actions and he's, I've just put up something on Twitter this morning about him colluding with the king's son. Mm. Um, during that period, you know, and the king's son was the second uh, most powerful person in the House of Lords. The first was the king. Mm. <laughs> and therefore, he made those sorts of a, 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 a alignment and, and and his actions delayed the abolition of the slave trade for 15 years mm. from 1792 to 1807 and during that period I calculated and you know you've seen a figure of 630,000 africans being transported mm-hmm. well I calculated it on the basis that Britain transported about 40,000 slaves a year and during that 15 year period about 630,000 africans were transported into slavery mm-hmm. on the basis of Dundas's one word, wow. gradual. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and during that period of 15 years, which a lot of historians have, have sort of skated over, because some of it is horrific, in that during that period, he had a, 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 a plan to breed the slaves, Mm. So that at the end of the 15-year period, you know, we'd have enough slaves. Mm. So you didn't need to trade anymore. Wow. Mm. Sure. He also had a strategy that there was, should be age limits, you know, because older slaves caused trouble
3: mm. in
2: terms of rebellion. So he was setting age limits. And, you know, he supported the slave owners, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. their legality. Because the slaves were property, legally. Right. And therefore, he was saying we cannot abolish it immediately because these slave owners will lose their business. Sure. And therefore, he not only put in the word gradual, he had all sorts of strategy, for example, to buy slaves to fight in the British Army. <laughs> and then these slaves were re-enslaved. mm so all these things he did, which is not known generally because the historians have ignored them or made excuses um, for him. You know, they say it was the time, it was the economics or it was the French Revolution. Nothing of the sort. It was a business for Dundas. It made money and it got him. He, they made him a Viscount
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and he got good a good pension. So. All these things we've put together, put it to Edinburgh Council in terms of, my view was, slavery was not on his plaque for 200 years. And mm. my view was, with other people, was that we should change the narrative on that plaque right. and put on that he was involved in delaying the abolition of the slave trade, and it is on the plaque. Yes, And in last week or two weeks ago, the council voted that the temporary plaque should be turned into a permanent plaque. So that's where we are at the moment. But he was a very powerful character. He chose the governors of the the, the Caribbean and Mm. he also transported, effectively the transportation of the Jamaica Maroons Mm. to Nova Scotia.
3: Mm.
2: So... You know, in order to stop rebellions in in in, in Jamaica.
3: Right.
2: So, if you have a campaign about him, then you've got adequate evidence to show that he was not a very nice person.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And now, were you instrumental in getting this uh, petition or this idea moved forward to the Edinburgh City Council to to have the plaque changed initially?
2: Well, yeah. What we had a committee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like 2017, mm-hmm. and you know, it was a council committee. Okay. And it, it's a wonderful story because we have a committee to look at the narrative on the plaque. And a young man, um, Adam Ramsey, was on the committee, and he put up his own plaque. Okay. On the on the. <laughs> on the statue, which the council, somebody quickly removed it. Yes, I guess. <laughs> and, um, and they then set up a committee, and I was asked to join that committee mm. to look at the narrative on the plaque. Okay. And uh, so there was myself and the young man, Adam Ramsey, and also we had a historian, Michael Fry, and also a descendant mm. of Henry Dundas. Oh. The present Viscount.
3: Wow.
2: So he's the 10th Viscount,
3: hmm.
2: um, Melville, who is Dundas. Hmm. His title is called Melville. Right. So if you've got any Melvilles around, it's Dundas. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't realise right. that Melville has also done that. Good to know. <laughs> That's his title. Um, and we have lots of Mel, Melville Street in Edinburgh and no. also done that street. Right. But anyway, um, we sat on that committee from 2017 until George Floyd's mm. unfortunate death. Yes. And it, the council, just before George Floyd's death, the council informed me, that because we couldn't arrive, there was no consensus about a narrative, Uh, they are going to disband the committee. Mm. And, of course, I, myself and Ramsey, were opposed by the Viscount, of course, (laughs) and Michael Fry, the historians, who they were pals. Mm. And, therefore, they were making excuses for Dundas, which... um, you know, so it was 50-50 mm. all the time and we couldn't get anywhere. So the council it. Right. Now, George Floyd's death, it's, it's you know, that, that, that has had such an impact. Yeah. Um, because my view about George Floyd's death is that a Scottish philosopher called David Hume in 1753 actually said that non-white people are inferior Mm. To white people, mm. and he also then specified that Negroes are inferior to whites
3: mm.
2: now that concept in terms of racism that's the basis of it yes, and when George floyd died, you know i I, I told people that it is that statement that killed him mm. from seventeen fifty three and a lot of historians have taken it upon themselves to defend people like Hume and people like Dundas mm. they feel that they're doing the public, whether it is a Scottish public or the Canadian public they feel they are protecting their um, you know um, sensitivities. The point is that The people I've met, the Scottish people, and and I'm sure the people of Canada are the same, they are capable of taking their own history. And therefore, because my view was so well known, when the council disbanded the committee and I spoke about Dundas' statue at the Black Lives Matter event in Edinburgh, Mm. the leader of the council, the leader, decided to reconvene a committee to look at the plaque again. Wow. And I was asked to join it. Mm. And within five days, five days, we had a narrative. And it's on Google. Mm. It's stating clearly that Dundas delayed the abolition of the slave trade. He transported, causing, what, over half a million people to be transported into slavery. And the plaque is dedicated to those who suffered this horrific slavery where a black person had no right to life Mm. and was property for which compensation was paid. And I think that's um, the influence. Well, if you call it that I just um, was stating the the, the truth about this man and that I feel that why should the public be deceived um, when the man stands 150 feet in the air? right um when in fact he um was it was self centered his political career and he paid no he paid no interest at all and that in in, in people's lives and therefore to have whether it's a street or a or, or a monument named after him
1: that needs careful consideration mm. Right. Uh, So, Jeff, thank you so much for explaining that story. Uh, It really does fill things in and give us a sense of what was happening. And, and of course, you bring it right up to date, right up to, as you mentioned, uh, George Floyd's death and how that impacted this decision. It's unfortunate, of course, that it took that to get this uh, moving forward. But before we go on any further, I just want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM, and this is Moment of Truth. My guests here on the show are Andrew Lockheed and Sir Geoffrey Palmer. And uh, Sir Geoffrey Palmer is a professor emeritus in the School of Life Sciences at Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, Scotland. And Andrew Lockheed is the Toronto-based artist who created the petition Hashtag Rename Dundas Street. And we are talking about that uh, very thing, the renaming of Dundas Street. And what has moved forward so it's a pleasure to have them both on the show. can, can I ask how large of a plaque this will end up being when it's uh, when it's permanent do you know?
2: I think it should be um, in in terms of the present one it's about oh, three feet wide okay and it should be about you we know, say three feet square
1: right. Yes.
2: Um and it's easy to to read. Yes. Um, you know, standing there. So it is going to be a significant change.
1: Yes. And did did you have anything to do with the actual wording that will be going into that plaque?
2: Well, yeah, some of the 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 wording I edited and mm. also the information on it, like mm. this like over half a million. Mm. And that, you know, he, um, and, 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 and the, the significance of gradual.
1: Yes. Yes. And,
2: and, and the evidence supporting it. Right. Is, is sort of came, came from my work. Yes. That, you know, I, it, it is not easy to change things. Yes. It is not easy to argue a case, mm. especially something like that when you have opposition like the Vicar. Right. And, and, and historians
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, And even though it, it was agreed by the council And the the um, and, and you know I checked the history I've gone back to the original documents mm. So when I'm talking about Breeding of slaves And um, You know talking about hiring slaves To fight yes. These ca- came from documents From the 17. 17- Seventeen hundreds, <laughs> and right. I believe that if you're going to defend, you know, any anybody, you've got to be prepared. And therefore, I'm defending the 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 awful lives that slave uh, had, and therefore, I had to be prepared, mm-hmm. and I had to do the research. So the narrative is based on a lot of the work I've done, right? And you know, but. The general public supported me on this and the, the councillors must have done because they voted for it. And therefore, this is a public, the victory of the people. Right. Rather than, you know, uh, this is my victory. Yes. I think it's a it's the victory of the people. Right. Where of people course. knowing the truth. Yes. Will do the right thing.
1: Right. Andrew, listening to Sir Jeffrey, what comes to mind when you hear that story?
0: I mean, it's it's a remarkable story, and it's and it's remarkable for for a number of reasons. Um, not only in that uh, you know Edinburgh has agreed to do something, um, but like when we're talking about the ways in which um, we can change public memorial to. Um, uh, to better reflect historic truth. I mean, Sir Jeff's work has been supported by a majority of contemporary historians. Mm. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's been really amazing to see this, not only just because the plaque acknowledges the truth, but that it fundamentally changes the nature of the memorial as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, it changes it from something that memorializes um, an individual to um, to something uh, that uh, uh, kind of is rededicated to the victims of his actions. Mm. Uh, and it attempts an actionable and answerable form of repair um, by making its subject done to us. And those who derive their power either directly from him or due to his actions, um, either directly accountable or to consider their accountability, their responsibilities or their benefits from the broader um, British imperial project. Mm. And, and I think that's really important um, to, to see that, how it's become not to uh, gone from being a monument to this kind of counter monument, mm. and so I think it's a really great um, move for uh, for Edinburgh. Uh, so, so I think that's that's really great. And, and Do I think it's necessarily the solution for Toronto? I'm I'm not entirely sure that a plaque suffices, but in this case, where we have. A, a kind of singular object that the right. knowledge can be concentrated around uh, this is this is the right yes. solution here. yes, I,
1: I think at the very least uh, hearing the story that uh, Sir Jeffrey has brought forward and the, and the plaque that is going up permanently in front of Sir Henry's uh, monument in Edinburgh uh, at least is is something that can tie in with this story that you certainly can bring forward and say, you know, this is this is happening and over there, and it's directly related to Sir Henry's uh, legacy that we are trying to come to terms with here as well.
2: I, I think <clears throat> I, I, you know, I've read in the press about, um, you know, what, to, you know, um, you know Andrew is trying to do in, in Toronto. And what is interesting is that even though the council had made a decision, you still always get critics. Sure. Um, And the 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 point is that um, so even post-council that that because some historians are so they don't believe that the ordinary person, the activist and I've been called an activist or or a brewer Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. in order to remove the validity of what you're trying to do. And please don't fall for that. If that Andrew has done his work and it is valid and it should be as, his view should be as respected as that of any top scholar or historian. Because people have tried to use that to say, I'm a scholar and you're not and therefore you should believe me.
1: Gentlemen, we're going to have to leave it there. We're out of time, but it's been a real pleasure having both of you on the show today. I thank you so much for both of you coming on the show, sharing the story, bringing us up to date on this renaming of uh, Dundas Street and Sir Sir Jeffrey and the efforts that you are doing over there in Edinburgh. It's been a real pleasure having you both on the show. Thank you very much. And they are Thank the voices me. of Andrew Thanks Lockheed, so David, a Toronto-based nice to artist who created nice the position, you, you hashtag right. renamed Dundas Street. See you, see you. Along Bye. with us today on Bye. the show was Sir Jeffrey Palmer, a professor Bye. at emeritus in, I, I, rather, was Sir Jeffrey Palmer a professor emeritus in the School of Life Sciences at Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, Edinburgh Scotland, and also uh, in Edinburgh, Scotland. And it was a pleasure to have them both on the show. That is our show for today. Thank you for listening to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and we will see you again tomorrow.
2: This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element. Element. Element FM.